Such a blessing, such a blessing. A lot of exciting things uh, taking place this morning. If we could all stand this morning. We had, we, had a, we had a great service, this first service here at New Harvest, uh, Norwalk. Uh, pastor Sal is our senior pastor. He made two announcements, and one of the announcements is that Pastor Ruben Sandoval Jr. and his wife Rose are now going to be on staff here at our church. We're so excited to have them here with us. And we are, we are really excited, looking forward to all the great things that are taking place. But not only do we get this awesome couple, we got their church. The Monterey Park Church is going to be co-laboring, coming into the Norwalk Church. And I know that uh, many of them are already involved in ministry. Many of them are already involved in ministry. Uh, I know that all the ministry leaders are looking, you know, you know fresh meat. I'm going to get them. I'm going to get them. But it's such a blessing to have them with us, the Monterey Park Church, Pastor Ruben, Sister Rose Church. How many are ready to hear the Word of God? Say, how many are ready to hear the Word of God this morning? Pastor Ruben, let's give Pastor Ruben a warm New Harvest welcome this morning. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Pastor Danny, and uh, it is good to be here in the house of the Lord. You can sit down if you're already sitting down. One thing you'll learn is that you won't sit down until I tell you to sit down. I'm just kidding. But uh, it is good to be here. Thank you, Pastor Danny and Sabrina and Pastor Salazar and Pastor Sergio. Uh, it's good to be home. And uh, this is my home here, and it's a blessing to be here. And as I said at the first service, uh, I will only do this once. And after that, I'm a regular here. Um, so uh, this is my home. And... Uh, Thanks to my church, the Monterey Park Church here now. We're called Norwalk, New Harvest Norwalk now. So um, just glad that they came on board. And uh, I'm so glad for what God's going to do in our lives. Amen. So how many came ready to hear the word of God? <laughs> that wasn't too convincing. I said, how many came to hear the word of God? That's good. That's really good. I want to speak to you today, and I'm really excited to minister this word to you. I want to speak to you on the subject of the promise. Turn to your neighbor and say the promise. When you think about the word promise and you think about promise, this word is a vital word. It's an important word because promise is something that you always want to hear. Even when growing up, you remember the word, you know, pinky Pinky promise, pinky square. Promise was the, the, the word that you always wanted to hear. And I bet you, those of you that are parents here, you tell your kid, we're going to go to 7-Eleven after church, or we're going to go get an ice cream after this. What do your kids say? You promise? And your kids right now are probably not even listening to the, the teacher. They're probably just remembering, my dad said he promised to take me to go have some cornerstone ice cream. Promise. Promise is a, an important word. Anytime you sign something on a document, a, a home or a car, what are you doing? You're promising that you will pay that loan back. And they're expecting you to do that. Promise. In the spiritual world, in the spiritual term, term promise, we are Christians where throughout the entire Bible, there are literally over 
thousands of promises in the word of God. And I don't know about you, but if there's 3,000, some say there's 6,000, some say there's 7,000. To me, Pastor Danny, I'll take all of those promises. Uh, I'm a man of God where I want to see every promise fulfilled in my life. But the fact of the matter is, as us, we grow up in church, we're in church, and it doesn't matter how long you have been in church, uh, we know that there is a promise from God. Can somebody say amen? The, there is a promise uh, that needs to be fulfilled in in our lives. Uh, but the question is, when? That's always the hard part. When will God fulfill the promise? And that's what I want to speak to you on today because I think a lot of us, we struggle knowing that there is a promise from God, knowing that God wants to fulfill something in your life. We know that God wants to do something. We know God wants to heal you. We know God wants to bring in your spouse, bring in your kids. But the question is, when? In the book of 1 Chronicles chapter 11, reading, starting with verse 1. All Israel came together to David and Arab and said, we are your own flesh and blood. In the past, even while Saul was king, you were the one who led Israel on the military campaigns. And the Lord your God said to you, you will shepherd my people of Israel, and you will become their rulers. When all the elders of Israel uh, had come to King David, uh, he had made a covenant uh, with them before the Lord, and they anointed David king over Israel, as the Lord had promised through Samuel. David conquers Jerusalem. David and all the Israelites marched to Jerusalem. The Jebusites uh, who had lived there said to David, you will not get in here. Nevertheless, David captures the fortress of Zion, which of the city of David. David had said, whoever leads the attack will become the commander-in-chief. Joab, the son of Zerah, went up of the first, and so he received the command. David then took up the residence of the fortress, and so was called uh, the city of David. Uh, he built up the city around it, from the terrace to the surrounding walls of Joab, restored the store rest of the city. Look at verse 9. This is very important. And David became more powerful and more powerful and more powerful because the Lord Almighty was with him. I'm here today to tell you that when there is a promise that God places over your life, he will fulfill that promise. I don't know how many of you have been anointed or you feel that you're anointed by God. I'm here today to tell you that in this scripture here, this is about the third time that David has been anointed. Uh, so if you've been anointed once uh, and you were dripping full of oil and you feel like that oil has dried up, uh, he will anoint you again. Uh, if you feel that the anointing of the second time uh, has dried up, uh, he will anoint you again. Uh, the God that we serve serve uh, is an almighty God. Uh, he is the promise working keeper uh, and he never breaks a promise. Uh, so I'm here today to tell you uh, I don't know what your situation may be but there is a promise for each and one of us. 
What we see in these scriptures, uh, two promises that uh, have been fulfilled at the same time. Uh, David would become king uh, as declared by Samuel. That promise took uh, 20 years, over 20 years being fulfilled. Uh, but the promise is happening uh, for the nation of Israel to reach uh, the promised land. Uh, and this promise took 480 years to be fulfilled. I know my God is a God that fulfills every promise. I know my God is a God who will always fulfill the promise that he had promised each and one of us. Uh, but sometimes it takes 20 years. Uh, but sometimes it may take 20 generations. Uh, I'm here today to tell you that's why as a mom and dad, uh, as a young adult, uh, as an individual, uh, as a grandparent, uh, that you stay obedient uh, and faithful to God. Uh, because if God made you a promise... Uh, just maybe you won't get the promise, but the next generation receives the inheritance of God. Uh, I don't know why nobody's getting excited, uh, but I'm here today to tell you uh, your promise, uh, your inheritance uh, may skip a generation, uh, but it's all in the same blood. Uh, somebody say the promise. You got to be a little bit more convincing than that. The promise. It's wonderful how God will merge and begin to get all of the threading in together. When anybody quilts or anybody who sews, you look at yarn and you look at thread, it's, it, all it is is pieces of just thread. But when they begin to merge those things together and when they begin to entwine them together, it makes a beautiful quilt. Uh, and that is the way that our life is. Uh, the promise of God uh, may just be strings of thread, uh, but all of a sudden when you're obedient uh, and when you're faithful to God, uh, he begins to merge everything together uh, and he begins to fulfill the very promise of your life. For you, there is a promise that God has put into motion. And there is something that God has deposited into your life. And God is going to do that in this very community. God is going to do that in this very church. That is the vision from our pastor. That is the vision that always has wanted to see this church flourish in this community. Our fellowship uh, flourish. And it's been a promise from God. It's been a promise uh, over 40 years uh, that has been promised to him. Uh, and us as individuals, us as servants of God, uh, God said, uh, I will anoint you. Uh, I will bless you. Uh, I will fulfill everything in your life. But we have to stay faithful to God. We know that in this promise, there is always another side to the story. Because we know as a promise, there's always things on the other side. Some of us always want to poke into something before we buy something. I've seen some of you at Costco. No, I'm just kidding. But we always want to know what's on the other side. 
We always want to know if you're doing long trips and you look at a mountain and you begin to see what's on the other side. You don't know what's on the other side. Just like our promise, you don't know what's on the other side. As we look at a couple of things today, the first thing that I want to look at is promise. Say promise. What images come to your mind of that word promise? For the Israelites, this word is taken differently. In this word, in Exodus chapter 3, God is putting something into motion for the people while they're in bondage in Egypt. And, and some of you here today may be in bondage. Some of you may be of captive uh, to shame or to guilt. Uh, and here in the scripture says, uh, and I have promised uh, to bring you up uh, of your misery in Egypt into the land of the Canaanites, uh, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Parasites, the Hivites, uh, the Jebusites. It's a, a land of flowing with milk and honey. Uh, God is saying uh, that he's going to take the Hebrew people uh, out of slavery and bring them into the promised land, uh, which is milk and honey. Uh, I'm here today to tell you uh, that God is about to birth something in, into your life. Uh, God is about to birth something uh, into this church, uh, into milk and honey. Uh, God is about to build something into our lives uh, but the fact is is that milk and honey sounds very good I don't know if you drink it but I don't it's kind of sweet milk and honey in the biblical term it's a place of favor that God is going to bring you to and I don't know about you but I want milk and honey for my life. I want milk and honey for this church. Uh, I want milk and honey for your marriages, for your children, uh, for our fellowship. Uh, how many want some milk and honey? Uh, come on, somebody. You got to declare it. Uh, you got to begin to say, I want milk and honey. Now, milk and honey is always a season. Ha-ha. <laughs> I set you up for that. Milk and honey is always the first stage of marriage. Right? First service, none of the couples wanted to say amen because they didn't, they didn't want to get in a fight. But milk and honey is the first stage of marriage because all they see is milk and honey. Right? I mean... The first part of marriage is, is, is all honey. But if you've been married a long enough time, there's bumps. There's some shaking up. There's things that take place. And it's not always milk and honey. The fact is, that is the way life is. When God blesses you with something, it's rejoicing. Uh, we're singing. Uh, we're praising his name. Uh, grace like a wave. Uh, but after a while, uh, you ain't singing grace like a wave. Milk and honey. In this promised land, there's always another side to the promise of God. 
I believe that there are individuals that God has made over your life. I believe that there is a promise in each and one of our lives. Uh, and what is that promise? Uh, is it a promise uh, that you can lay your head down at night and not worry about shame or guilt? Uh, is it a, prom uh, a promise that your children one day will be free from drugs and alcohol? Uh, is it a promise that your child, uh, that you have been waiting to come to God for 15, 20 years, uh, it's that promise uh, of seeing your husband uh, come back to church uh, or your wife. Uh, it's that promise of uh, having a chronic illness, uh, of saying, God, you promised uh, that I would be healed. Uh, that promise can be fulfilled. Uh, that promise of seeing your family come in, uh, it could be filled. Uh, but it's a matter of time of waiting and being patient with God. Because I know this, uh, that my God, uh, my God that I serve, uh, I know that the God that I have, uh, I don't know what the promise is for you, but I do know that the promise uh, of God is available to you because my God says uh, that you will no longer have to live on the outside uh, because my God uh, is a yes uh, and amen. Uh, my God said uh, yes uh, and amen. Uh, that's the God that we serve. Uh, a yes and amen and we need to be excited that God that we serve is a yes and amen the battles may come but my God said I will be there with you the problems may come the issues might come but my God said yes and amen we see that in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20. Uh, for no matter how many promises God has made, uh, there is a yes uh, in Christ. Uh, and so uh, through him, uh, the amen uh, is spoken uh, by us uh, to the glory of God. Uh, what is the promise of God uh, that he has made over your life? Some of you have given up on the promise that God has given you because your focus on the battles, your focus on the circumstances. Some of you have lost the promise because the world has told you it will never happen. Uh, you are the first choice of God. Uh, the moment that you give your life to Jesus, uh, the moment that you're obedient to God, uh, the moment that you are faithful to God, uh, you are his first choice, folks. Uh, you're not second. Uh, you're not leftovers. Uh, think Thank be to God uh, that you're not leftovers. Uh, God said you are my first choice. Uh, I love you this much uh, to care about you. Uh, that's why I died on the cross uh, for you. Uh, you are his first choice. Now the fact is, is that I just don't want to give you a shallow version of Christianity because Milk and honey is good, but there's the reality of struggles and things that will take place to go to the other side. And some of us have walked away from the promise because we're expecting only milk and honey. <laughs> Woo! Forgive me if I do that a couple of times. We get something that looks very different. You said, God, 
You promised me milk and honey. This is not what I prayed for. Don't let me go there. There was not enough amen, so I'm about to go there. God, uh, this is what you gave me? You asked for a husband. You didn't give me the, all the details. <laughs> I'll go away from that then. Second thing that we learn in this scripture, because not only about the promise, but in order to see the promise, in order to see the other side, you have to possess it. God has made the promise, but he wants you to possess it. How are we going to drive out the enemies? God will. And who needs to possess the blessings of God? You do. Uh, I'm here today to tell you uh, that milk and honey uh, always comes uh, with, uh, with some, some things that will come your way. Uh, but I'm here today to tell you that God says, uh, I'm making you a promise uh, to take you into the promised land. Uh, and yes, certainly it does flow with milk and honey and you're going to love it. Uh, but however, there is a problem with the property because there is someone that is already there. I'm here today to tell you anytime God fulfills a new promise, there's always going to be struggles of a new opponent coming after your way. Every new opportunity comes with a new opponent. It's like a fighter, a boxer. They always fight amateurs first. And their trainer wants to pump them up to say, yeah, you're pretty good. Next fight, yeah, you're really good. You're, you're good. Am I ready for the championship? No, you're, you're pretty good. And you work your way and you work your way and you work your way. The fights don't get easier. They get harder. And they get harder. It's building you up. It's getting you stronger. I'm here today to tell you the exact same thing in the kingdom of God. After you come out of one battle, the other battle gets a little bit more trickier, a little bit more harder. I'm here today to tell you, you're going to make it. You're going to be all right. How can I tell you that? Because my God is a good God. We're always victorious. We're always winners. Uh, I don't know why nobody's shouting amen, uh, but we serve a God who is yes and amen. Uh, we serve a God uh, is, that is true. You got to possess it. You got to grab it. Some of us have walked away from the promise that God has been giving you because you don't want to deal with the problems. That didn't sound like it went well with you. So let me just say it one more time. Some of you walked away from the promise because you can't deal with the problems and the obstacles and the situation that you're facing in your life. 
And if we do not understand the struggle, we will walk away from the promise. Uh, we cannot possess something uh, that we do not understand. Uh, God tells the Israelites that I am giving you this promised land and it's flowing with milk and honey. Uh, however, uh, there are other people there that are larger and that are stronger than you. Uh, but we serve a God uh, that we don't have to fight our battles. Uh, our God is a God. God, uh, that says uh, all I need you to do is be faithful uh, all I got you want you to do uh, is be obedient to me uh, because you don't have to fight your battles uh, I got this for you uh, I will always be there for you I will always fight the battles uh, for your life Stop telling yourself what you can't do when God has already provided for you. God's already done the job. All you got to do is wait for it. This is our land, and we're going to possess it. All you have to do is seize up to your opponents. You got to stand up to your opponents. You have to stand up to the enemy. You have to, you got to claim and possess your promise. If God said that I promise to heal you, hold that promise and hold on to it. Uh, if God promised you uh, that God will bring in your spouse, uh, possess it. Uh, grab a hold of it. Uh, look down the aisle. Uh, look at that empty chair and uh, visualize your spouse, your children there. Uh, worship like they're there. <laughs> Some of you have been intimidated. You have walked away from the promise because you have been intimidated by what's in front of you. How do you grab this gift and this blessing from God? Let me tell you what you do. You do it little by little. You grab what God gives you little by little. You grab the anointing little by little. You take the little snippets of what God is doing in your life little by little. Uh, you may not get healed overnight, uh, but you may wake up in the morning feeling a little bit better. Uh, that's just a sign uh, that healing is on your way. Uh, you may not see your husband coming in, uh, but he may acknowledge you when you walk through that door from church. Uh, that may tell you something folks uh, that is a sign from heaven from God saying uh, I'm working on the behalf of you uh, I am working on the other side you just got to stay faithful you got to stay faithful to the promise of God God says if you bypass the opponent you're going to bypass the gift that God has for your life see there's always a gift for us. And sometimes we're so stuck on shame, guilt, hurt, problems, and we bypass what's in front of us. Some of you, we can get confused of what God wants in our lives. We do not 
grow into the promise. Let me tell you what we do. We grow in it. Not just standing around waiting for the promise of God. I'm going to preach to this side over here. I don't know what happened over there. You got to grow into the promise of God. That means you move. That means you work it. That means you worship. That means you glorify God. Just don't sit there. Just don't stand there. You got to keep on moving. You got to possess it. You got to grab it. You got to say, God, I want it. I may be short, but I'm tall enough when I lift up my hands. You got to cry. You got to stretch to God. Oh my God. The greatest gift that God can give you is your dependency is on him. You depend on God. Not on yourself. The third thing. To reach this promise, what we learn in our text is that you have to preserve it. You got to just, just soak in it. Sometimes you just got to come to church and just begin to preserve all that God is doing in you. Sometimes you just got to come and just cry out to him. You just got to preserve it. What you see in the book of Hebrews chapter 10 verse 36 says, uh, you need to preserve so that when you have done the will of God, uh, you will receive uh, what, has, what he has promised. Uh, when we expect milk and honey and when things are coming bigger and stronger, we complain. Uh, but God said, uh, remember uh, that I am yes and amen. Uh, all you got to do is move, activate your faith. All you got to do is keep moving because the promise that he said will come to pass. I don't know what your promise is. I don't know where you're at. Some of you remember the promise. But because of the circumstances, you don't think it's possible. You don't think that it's, that it's worth going to the other side. I'm here today to tell you, you won't know until you get to the other side. So if you're standing on the side where you're thinking, should I go to the other side? I'm here today to tell you, you need to activate your faith. You need to activate your emotion and say, God, here I am. I'm moving forward, devil. The devil may throw things at you, but you begin to look at the devil and say, devil, this is not how I fight my battles. Uh, the way I fight my battles is moving forward. The way I fight my battles, uh, this is how I fight my battles. Uh, this is how I fight my battles. Uh, I grab a hold of it. I possess it. I'm preserving it. This is how I fight my battles, devil. I ain't worried. I ain't scared.
Oh, that's good for you. You're the preacher's kid. You know how to work all that. I'm just as human as you are. See, where I'm at today, I have inherited this promise. What me and Pastor Danny got, we have inherited this promise. And if you stay faithful to God, it may be 20, it may be a generation, but your grandchildren will be blessed. Uh, your children's children will be blessed. Uh, I'm here today to tell you, uh, if God promised it, uh, it will happen. Uh, if God said it would happen, it will happen. Uh, all you got to do is be faithful and say, God, uh, oh God, you are good. Some people say, how did you endure all this? How did you get to where you're at? I'll tell you how. It wasn't by self. It wasn't by wearing. But it's about lifting your hands and remembering the promise of God in your life. And you begin to say, this is how I fight my battles. This is how I, I fight uh, every circumstance. Uh, I begin to allow God do something in my life. Would you bow your head for a quick moment today? God is good. Jesus. Jesus. What I like to do before we move forward. Maybe you're here today and it's your first time or you've been invited or you've been coming here and there. And maybe you don't know Jesus. Maybe you don't know God. I want to give you this opportunity if you don't know Jesus and you want to accept him as your personal savior. And you say, you know what, Pastor? I know there's a promise. I know there's something better for my life, but I'm stuck. First step is this, that you acknowledge that God can forgive you of all of your sins. You acknowledge that God can give you a brand new life. So if that's you today, would you please do this real quick? Would you lift up your hand and say, Pastor, that's me. I want to accept Jesus as my personal Savior. Would there be anybody in this room today, anybody in this auditorium that would say, I want to accept Jesus as my personal Savior. Would you just lift up your hand? You don't have to worry about being ashamed or feeling guilty. We all do this at one time of our lives uh, you want to accept Jesus uh, as your personal Savior you walked away from God uh, would you lift up your hand right now so that we can pray with you that we can talk to you and lead you into a prayer is that you today would that you be anybody today would you all stand to your feet
feel in my spirit and I feel deep down in my heart that there are folks in this room today, your promise has been shattered. You saw things differently in your life. You saw things differently in your marriage. You saw things differently when you came to church. What you saw was milk and honey. Let me tell you something, there is still milk and honey, but there's opponents. There's going to be obstacles. There's gonna be things in your life. But I want you to understand today, if God promised it, it will come to pass. If God said it, it will happen. If God determined it, it will happen. Uh, my God uh, is a God uh, that says yes and amen. Uh, my God uh, is a God uh, that says yes and amen. Uh, and you say, Pastor, well then I don't know how to do it. Uh, well, I'll tell you how you do it. Uh, you tell the enemy. You tell the enemy. You tell the enemy. You tell all the haters. You tell the problems, you tell the shame, the guilt, uh, everything that's going on in your life. You tell them, uh, this is how I fight my battles. Uh, this is how I fight my battles. Uh, this is how I fight my battles. Uh, this is how, this is how. 